Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about who won and maybe who lost in the college football head football coaching hires. The landscape of college football changed dramatically. Bunch of head coaching changes, people on the move. So we'll talk about head coaching changes of maybe which schools won, maybe which schools maybe didn't make such a great hire. Uh, maybe they had a shotgun hire, anything like that. That is what we're going to be discussing today on the Coach Steve Show. Before we dive into that, please, if you're watching this on YouTube, please, please hit the like button and that subscribe button, please, and thank you. It helps out. The algorithm helps out grow the, the YouTube channel and everything else, so please do that for me. The podcast can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts. So wherever you listen to, please make sure you hit the follow button, you rate it, be a friend, tell a friend. Um, also find the podcast on ColorCast. Uh, right now it's only for Apple. You can download the ColorCast app on your iPhone, iPad. Uh, ColorCast is a sports commentary app or a podcast app now, Hot Takes app. Like I'm currently live on ColorCast right now, so you can do all of that stuff on there. So follow the Coach Steve Show YouTube or the Coach Steve Show on there as well if you want to get into ColorCast. Um, the podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you head to bellyupsports.com, check out over the 70 sh- podcasts they have on there, all the blogs and everything else. Uh, it's a great growing network. So again, that's bellyupsports.com. Go check that out for me. This podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics, books, and drills. His very first book has over 500 pages of drills. So all you football coaches out there like me looking to get back to the basics, 
You need to go check out all of his books. It's going to help you out, I promise. Go to CoachStoneFootball.com. Check out all of his books. You will never have to look up another drill again, I promise you. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. So let's dive right in. Uh, so college football, the landscape with coaches has changed. Obviously, this year it was a crazy off season, or I guess a crazy coaching change, not even an off season. Even before the college national championship, we had different college football coaches get hired. So let's talk about maybe people who won and some hires and maybe people who didn't. Maybe they're not going to be a good fit. Did they just hire somebody to hire somebody? Maybe they should have kept the coach they had. So there was tons and tons of you know coaching changes. We're not going to go through every single one because there was a ton. We're going to go through ones that probably stuck out to some people. Uh, you know, so we're gonna talk about who won, who lost. Maybe they should have kept the guy that they hired before. Um, are they going to be a good fit and all that stuff? So one uh, fire that made sense was USC. USC and Clay Helton just did not go well together. That was a marriage not meant to last. That was just a relationship that that was not going to work out. Um, he was hired way back in 2015 and his record 5 and 4, 10 and 3, 11 and 3 and then it went 5 and 7, 8 and 5, 5 and 1 and then they fired him later on in the season. So Clay Helton was not going to be a match made in heaven. Uh, yes, sir, here on ColorCast asked, LSU got Brian Kelly and one of the California teams got Lincoln Riley. I remember hearing that. Yes, that um, they did hire Lincoln Riley. Uh, they fired Clay Helton to get Lincoln Riley. Um, not a shock that they fired Clay Helton, obviously, because he just wasn't getting it done. USC has a high standard of winning uh, way back when, back in the day. You know, they've always been known to be winners. And then Pete Carroll got there and changed the landscape dramatically uh, with – uh, how he handled practice. He had movie stars. He had rappers. He had this. He had that. Like open practices, and they won national championships. You had the likes of Reggie Bush. You had you know all these great football players come through. So Pete Carroll really changed the landscape of USC. And then they got hit with some sanctions, and then you had Lane Kiffin in there for a hot second. You know you had other coaches in there for a hot second, and then Clay Helton comes in. But he did not recruit well. He was losing recruits in Cal- from California to Ohio State to Texas, um, all over the place. He was losing recruits left and right. So his best seasons were 2016 and 17, 10 and 3, and 11 and 3. Uh, won the Rose Bowl, lost the Cotton Bowl, and then it was kind of, you know, just a downward spiral. And a school like USC just wants to win, they want to win now. So he spent, he was eight years, you know, he chose in 2013. He had a game, probably an interim coach, uh, went 1-0, won the Las Vegas Bowl, and then for some reason it doesn't show 2014. But it's neither here or there. So that was one that they, you know, was okay to get rid of. He is now the head coach at Georgia Southern, I believe. Um, that's probably a good place for Clay Helton to go to. You were just at a big-time place like USC, it's good to go to a Georgia Southern and kind of 
reinvent yourself a little bit. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm not saying that I could do what he does. But just the way things were going at USC and the way watching them, they had talent. Somehow they won some games that they weren't supposed to, but they've also lost some games that they definitely were not supposed to. It's USC. They're supposed to compete. Uh, It's, you know, again, USC is one of those schools that people could argue. There's certain schools that when they're good, college football is good, you know. People don't want Texas to be good, but that's one of them. Uh, you know, people could talk say that about Alabama. They don't want Alabama to win, but college football is good when they win. USC is really fun, or college football is really fun when USC is winning. So Clay Helen's off to Georgia Southern. They made a big time hire in Lincoln Riley. Now, I say USC wins in this situation, getting Lincoln Riley over Clay Helton. Um, when we look at Lincoln Riley, he was the head coach uh, at Oklahoma, obviously. He was there for five years. His overall record was 55-10. and 10. Um, His first year being the head coach in 2017, he went 12-2, and two, and then went 12-2, and two, then went 12-2. and two. Then the COVID year went 9-2, and two, and then this year went 10-2. and two. Lost the Rose Bowl, lost the Orange Bowl, lost the Peach Bowl, and won the Cotton Bowl. Did not coach in the bowl game this year. He was already gone. So I will say that USC has won this hire, Clay Hilton, or Lincoln Riley over Clay Hilton. Here's my only knock about this. And this is no offense to Lincoln Riley, and he I'm sure he's going to do a fantastic job. The only question mark on this hire is going to be, can he just build a program? He took over an Oklahoma team that was already kind of established from Stoops. You know, they were going to national titles. They were winning the Big 12. They were competing. They were winning games. So this is not a knock. This is me over, maybe overreaching here. Can he go to a place that's struggling and turn it around? Now, offensively, he'll turn it around and he'll get it going. But can he go into a program and say, we're going to build it up? But a positive is, is that when he takes over a program that was already, I mean, it's established. But when you take over a program that's established, can you keep that going? And he did. He obviously did. Now, another question mark on him is, how is he actually a quarterback whisperer? And the reason why you bring this up is because when he was an offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, you know, he had a couple good quarterbacks. But then you had a lot of transfers. You know, there was Baker Mayfield. There was Kyle Murray. There was Jalen Hurts. And then you have Spencer Rattler for a little bit. You know, you kind of go 9-2. and two. Then you have him this year, Spencer Rattler. And then you go with Caleb Williams. You can still go 10-2. and two. Now, the good thing for Lincoln Riley is you're going from the Big 12 to the Pac-12. They're similar and not similar, but they're more similar than him jumping and going to an SEC school or anything like that. So USC won. So we're just it's just going to have to sit back and wait and see. Can he build a program that is struggling up? Because at Oklahoma, he inherited one that had been – you know, winning all the time, recruiting well all the time. He had been a part of it and seen it. So that's going to be the thing for him. But USC won this hire, so they did not lose. They won this hire. We are going to move on real quick. I just want to point this out. Akron hired Joe Moorhead. I think Akron's going to have a great hire in Joe Moorhead. Um, comes from being an offensive coordinator at Oregon this past year, and he's great at offense. His only head coaching stops were in 2018 and 19 at Mississippi State. He went 8-5 and five and 6-7, and seven, lost the Outback Bowl and lost the Music City Bowl. Um, then he was let go, and Mississippi State hired Mike Leach. So his two years spent at Mississippi State, he went 14-12. and 12. 
but he has been an offensive mind for years. I just wanted to point out, I think Akron's going to get a great offensive guy, but Akron's a hard place to win. It's a hard place to recruit in Ohio when you're surrounded by like Ohio universities, Ohio States, uh, Miami of Ohio, um, you know, just a bunch of different places. So it's going to be hard to win there, but Akron, I think, won in an overall hire, and I hope Joe Moorhead does a great job. His offenses have been fantastic. You know, he kind of helped come up with, I believe he was one of the people starting with RPO stuff. Um, if I listen to a couple podcasts with him on there, and if I'm correct, uh, but he did a great job with being offensive coordinator. Uh in a way, kind of shocking to give up. You know, I think he was making a million dollars or so to be offensive coordinator at Oregon or be an offensive coordinator. So to see what he's going to be making Akron, to go to Akron who doesn't win, maybe that's the guy to get a turnaround. But they won in this hire. Now, I, I, again, we're not going to talk about every single hire, but names that stick out to me we are going to talk about very quickly. But Joe Moorhead will get it turned around Hopefully at Akron. I think offensively they'll do better, but it's the recruiting. It's such a hard place to recruit. Um, maybe he needs to reach out to LaFlop James for some money. Who knows? Um, TCU got rid of Gary Patterson, longtime TCU head coach. Um, did a great job there just over the past couple of years. Just, I guess, was not to the standards of uh, TCU. A part of me thinks they could have kept him to get it turned around. But when you're struggling the last couple of years, you're losing some games you shouldn't. Um, you know, he's a legendary head coach. Didn't really want to see him, you know, get fired. You know, he's like, I'm calling him the godfather of the 425. Everybody has that playbook, you know, from years ago with the 425. Um, but they hire Sony Dykes. Um, this one, I don't know because I like Gary Patterson so much. This is nothing against Sony, um, Sonny Dykes. Um, his head coaching record is uh, overall 71 and 63. Um, way back in 2010, he was the head coach of Louisiana Tech. He spent three years there. He went five and seven, eight and five, and nine and three. Uh, did make it to a bowl game. Uh, and then in 2013 through 2016, he was the head coach of California. He went one and 11, five and seven, eight and five, five and seven. Then he uh, was the head coach at SMU from 2017 to 2021. Uh, he did an interim his first year, 0 and 1, and then he went 5 and 7, 10 and 3, 7 and 3, 8 and 4. Um, so not bad numbers. Uh, more of an offensive guy, uh, but he leaves SMU, gets hired at TCU. So I think for him, he won. I just don't know if I want to say they won. Because Gary Patterson, you know, was the face of TCU. So I don't want to say they lost, but a part of me thinks you should have just kept him to see it, to get it turned around. But sometimes when the guy's been there for a while and you're seeing the same thing, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. No offense to Gary to Gary Patterson whatsoever. A part of me, I'm going to say they lost. I think they probably should have kept him. I think he could have got it turned around. He would have made some changes. Um, great coach, great recruiter, um, but you are, I believe, the smallest team in the Big 12 and, and competing. Uh, you know, it's just hard when you're a small school like that, when you're playing there, but you have to give them credit for doing so. So I'm going to go on a limb here and say TCU kind of lost that one because Gary Patterson is such a legendary coach, great coach. Um, so just kind of go with on a limb here saying that, you know, they kind of lost that one. 
Uh, speaking of SMU, Sony Dykes leaves, so then they have to hire a head coach, and they hire Coach Lashy. Um, he was the offensive coordinator at Miami, and they hire him. He was uh, uh, hired him. He used to coach at SMU. He used to be offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach there at 2018. Um, so they bring him back. So it's kind of about a welcoming home party for him. Um, he was, like I said, uh, sorry, just trying to make sure all my information here is correct. Yep, they hire him. He was the Miami offensive coordinator. Um, they hire him as next head coach. He was their uh, quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator from 2018 then 2019 before he went to Miami. Uh, he was in Arkansas. He played quarterback there. Um he began coaching career under Gus Malzahn back in Arkansas in high school. Um, he was in a business and he went there. So um, he was an offensive coordinator for Gus Malzahn at Auburn for a little bit. Um, then he went on to Samford to be the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 2011. Because um, uh, Gus Malzahn was the offensive coordinator at Auburn. Then he, when he went there. Um, Malzahn left the 2011 season to become the head coach at Arkansas State, and last year joined him as staff as the offensive coordinator. Um, so he has bounced around with Gus a little bit. Um, he would stay at Auburn until a one-year stint at UConn as the offensive coordinator, and then in 2018 when he went to SMU, um, he coached under Sonny Dykes. So that you know, there's a lot of connections here in the coaching world. Uh, they went five and seven in 2018, but the offense did average over 30.4 points per game, which ranked 54th in the nation. But their defense gave up 35 points. So I mean, you're scoring 30. Hopefully, the defense doesn't give up all those points. Um, then when SMU went to 10 and three in 2019, the offense scored even more points and went to 41.8 points per game. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Um, so I think SMU made a great hire offensively. They're going to be much better. You saw when he was at SMU the first time, what they did with Miami before they were doing okay, you know, but it's a little different competition, but I think SMU wins in this hire. Um, you know, he learned under Gus, he adapted the offense. He does some things that Gus did, but he also has adapted some of the things, um, to fit the players and what they do. So I think they won this hire. I think it's a great hire again. To bring an offensive mind back to score points. That's what SMU is known for, uh, to score points. And he understands SMU. He understands the landscape. He understands how to recruit there. understands the school. So I think they won in this hire. It's a great thing for him. He's a great offensive mind. Um, can recruit. So I think he'll have SMU doing, doing some good things there. Hopefully they can. I know Cincinnati's gone, so they might have to. They may take control over that conference. Um Oklahoma, you know, Lincoln Riley left. Uh, they bring home Brent Venables, who was the defensive coordinator for Clemson for a very long time. 
Uh, now, previously, before that, he was a defensive coordinator at Oklahoma for a very long time. Uh, coached with Stoops, uh, won a lot of games as a defensive coordinator, won a lot of championships at Clemson, uh, did very good we- things defensively. So this one, I don't know if you can say if Oklahoma won or lost because you had a really, really good coach. You didn't have to fire him, but you bring in Brent Venables. Brent Venables is going to do very, very good. Now, they're dealing with a lot of things right now with their players leaving and transfer in the transfer portal. So whether he they don't like him, whether they some of it's offensive guys, so is he going to be more of a defensive-minded team because they're going to be moving on to the SEC here pretty soon, probably sooner rather than later. So he's getting ready, geared up for these SEC teams. So that could be a part of it. But, I mean, you never hear anything bad about him when he was at Oklahoma. You never hear anything bad when he was at Clemson. So I don't think it's anybody that hates him. I don't think it's anybody that's, you know, we don't want to play for him. Maybe it's just, you know, hey, this is going to be a defensive type of team. You know, I want to go play for Lincoln Riley where it's an offensive type. But head coaches that are defensive guys do pretty well. Um, so I think Oklahoma still – they never really lost, but I think they just maintain and say he still won. So I think they're higher for Oklahoma one. Are they won. Brent Venables is going to do a great job uh, recruiting. Again, he understands Oklahoma. He had many chances to be a Division one head coach. Many chances. And – he waited and waited till the right situation came up. Now people can say, well, it's because Clemson had a bad year. Well, their bad year was 10 and 2. It just seemed bad because it started off rough. They lost a couple get those two games they lost. Well, one they lost to Georgia. Then another one they lost to was pretty bad. But then they got it rolling. I think it was just the margin of wins. Um, just the inconsistency they had, but they still found a way to win. So I mean, people can say, well, it's because they have a bad year and then they lose they everybody's leaving. No, I think it's just because he likes Oklahoma. He understands it. So I think it's a win for them. So there's nothing. So the, Oklahoma never lost, but I think they won in this higher. Um, another team right now, I think that won is Virginia. They hire offensive coordinator Tony Elliott from Clemson. This is going to be a fantastic hire for offense. Again, another guy's name that's been brought up for head coaching jobs because they win championships while they're at Clemson. Just win championships, and they win a lot of games. Now, he has no head coaching experience, but he learned under Dabo Sweeney. Again, another guy that kind of sat back and waited, and Virginia had one of the highest-ranked offenses this year, so him coming in as this offensive mind that has coached good quarterbacks and good players and has learned a lot, I think offensively it's going to be a win. Now, the overall thing here is – with no head coaching experience, and you're staying in the ACC and you're probably going to have to play Clemson, it's going to be curious to see how you handle when you don't have head coaching experience. But again, you cannot not hire somebody with because they don't have head coaching experience. If they got coaching experience, they could get the head coaching thing down. But to learn under Dabo Sweeney, he was around Brent Venables even though he was on the defensive side. Probably learned a couple things from him. Coach Caldwell, I believe, the offensive line coach at Clemson, probably learned a lot from him you know, on the offensive side. So he's learned a lot. I think this Virginia is going to – it's a fantastic hire. Their offense is going to shoot out up. It's just going to have to see how the recruiting goes and everything else. But with those type of players they had, had one of the highest-ranking scoring offense and yards offense, they're going to be just fine So this is a fantastic hire. So they get a win in my book. 
Okay, we will talk about Miami next, but first, football coaches. Last year, did your lineman helmets get scraped up a lot because, you know, they hit every single play, right? Every single play they're they're hitting. They're not leaning with their head, obviously, but they're just they're just hitting all the time. So is the helmet getting scraped up, you know, when you send it to recondition, all that? Well, there's a way to help protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows that those big guys in the trenches are taking each and every week, especially as we're inching closer to some of you for spring ball, inching closer to some in the summer. I've got the solution for you. It's Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps can reduce the uh, blows by 20 to 33% to help protect those big guys in the trenches, and you can't win without those guys. So it helps protect those shells or reduce the repetitive blows. It is worn by, by over five NFL teams and over 200-plus colleges like Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, Penn State. I mean, do I need to continue to go on? So if you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps or use the link in the description below – and use the code 15 off, you're going to save 15% off your order. That's going to help with reconditioning helmets, going to help your players out. You know, it goes over the helmet, it absorbs the blow. It's just going to help you. So, guardiansports.com slash guardian caps, use the code 15 off. You're going to save 15% off your order, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, or a big bulk, whatever it is, you will save 15% off. Please go do that for me. Help out your guys. Uh, help out the helmets, help out the players, and it will support this podcast and let them know I sent you. Thank you so much, Guardian Caps, for sponsoring the podcast. And coaches, you're still listening. Do you have a developing kicker or a young kicker um, that's trying to learn strategic ways to maybe get an onside kick, a swip kick, just trying to kick it into the end zone? Because, you know, when you let a guy return the ball on you, you know, bad things could happen if you're not down there to tackle him. Well, I have a solution for you. It is probably the kickoff team. You don't want to use the old school orange ones where just the ball lays there. No, you want to use Launchpad Kickoff Tee. Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a game changer. It's got strategic flaps on it, and when you buy it, it comes with a manual to tell you it. You can place the football strategically to where you need to get an onside kick, swip kick. I'm telling you right now, it's a game changer. You got to check it out. If you go to launchpadkickofftee.com, you could see all of it. Explains it all. You can get custom ones, all this stuff. So if you go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS and use the code CSS at checkout, you will save 10% off your order. When you buy the two-pack, you're going to save 20% if you use that code. And then there's a four-pack option. If you use that code and you try to buy the four-pack option, you'll get the fourth one free, so they will knock money off. So again, launchpadkickofftea.com slash CSS and use the code CSS at checkout and it will save you 10, 20% off or get buy three, get the fourth one free. You're saving money all over the place. I'm telling you right now, you get this for your kicker, guaranteed it, it you won't regret it. It'll make your kicker better. Thank you, Launchpad Kickoff T for sponsoring the podcast. All right, let's dive into Miami. I've discussed this before, but we'll quickly discuss it again. Miami, the way they handled Manny Diaz just 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 pisses me off. Now, was Manny Diaz a world beater right now as a head coach doing the things that he promised, doing all this stuff? No. Was he ter- that terrible? No, but wasn't up to the standards that he wants, not to the standards that Miami wants. But what I didn't like about it was, one, they didn't have an athletic director at the time. And then, you know, Mario Cristobal, who, you know, from Miami, wants to coach in Miami, you know, he's head coach at Oregon comes out and says, okay, they're going to try to go after Mario Cristobal, but if they don't get him, they'll still have Manny Diaz. So it's like, okay, so you're 
publicly coming out saying we're trying to get Mario Crystal Ball, so we're not going to fire Manny Diaz because we don't want to fire him and then not get Mario Crystal Ball, and then we're out. That is no way to treat a head coach. Now, this is the school doing this, the president, chancellor, the board. I don't care who. Somebody was doing it, and I did not like that. Now, did they win in their hire of Mario Cristobal? Yes, I think they won. Uh, Mario Cristobal's time at Oregon. Well, excuse me. He had a different stop. He was at Florida International for a little bit. Now, those records were questionable, but he has coached in the SEC. He's coached under some good coaches. Since then, you know, he went 111, 5 and 7, 3 and 9, 7 and 6, 8 and 5 and 3 and 9 at Florida International. But that's a place that's hard to win. That's, that's, that, you know, does that really count? Does Florida International really count? No, no offense. Then he becomes a head coach, you know, in tournament Oregon, you know, goes 0 and 1, loses the Las Vegas Bowl, but then he gets the head job. Goes 9 and 4, 12 and 2, and then the COVID year went 4 and 3, which was crazy because them and the Big Ten went and played hide and seek, hoping that nobody was going to play in the COVID year, and blah, 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 blah. Then this past year went 10 and 3. So he did a pretty good job. I mean, he's 62 and 60 for his overall coaching career of 11 years. That Florida Atlantic years were pretty rough. Um, and then losing out on a whole year in 2020, I think they could have won a couple more games there. But did a good job at Miami or at Oregon. Um, I do think Miami won, but I didn't like the way they did it. So a part of me doesn't want to root for Miami now because, or even even really watch them. Because of how they handled the Manny Diaz situation, being a coach myself, I would hate to be in that type of situation. Um, so I just don't think they handled it the right way. But I do think they won in the hire. Mario Cristobal is going to do a great job. His name was thrown around for a lot of jobs, you know, a lot of jobs. So I think that he they won. They didn't lose in the situation, but just the way they handled it was not the best. But they won. And then speaking of Oregon, they now they have to hire a coach. You know, so a lot of names are thrown around for that one as well. They end up hiring Dan Lanning. He was the defensive coordinator at Georgia, who just won the national title. They hired him before the playoffs, and he even he took this job and said, I will coach Georgia in this playoff game and this national championship game. Which I respect. Um great defensive minded coach. You know, to work under Kirby Smart, learn all that stuff. I think Oregon won in this hire. It possibly could be better than Mario Cristobal, but we will see. We will see. Um, Lanning came to Georgia after he was there for a couple seasons at Georgia. The last three at Georgia, he was the defensive coordinator. He was a two-time finalist for the Broyles Award as a nation's top assistant. He joined in 2018 as a linebacker's coach, and he got promoted to defensive coordinator. Um, he is from Missouri. Uh, he started as a graduate assistant at Pittsburgh in 2011. He's also been to Arizona State, Sam Houston State. Then he was at Alabama for a year. Then he went to Memphis. Um, when he was at Sam Houston State, when he became like a you know an actual coach, I guess as a defensive backs coach. Um, as an assistant coach, he's been to and won three of the New Year's Six Bowl games, helped lead Alabama to a college football playoff national championship in 2015, so he worked on that defensive staff there. Um, and four years while he was on staff, Georgia won. As he was on Georgia for four years, they won three SEC Eastern titles and reached back-to-back All-State Sugar Bowls 2018 and 19 and Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in 2020 and the Goodyear Cotton Bowl in 21. But then, of course, you know, they won the national title. This year, this was, you know, before all that. Um, you know, they only gave up about six points a game this year, him leading the defense. 
Um, in the three years as he's the Georgia defensive coordinator, he they've held teams under 13.5 points per game. Uh, the rush yards, they kept teams under 76 yards a game. They were number two in total defense for only giving up 280 yards per game. Now, again, it's it's good. Those are good numbers when you've got those dudes at Georgia. But again, he has to understand how to recruit those players. So he's going to be that type of recruiter. He understands how to recruit in the SEC country. He understand, he, he's got the Oregon name to sell. He's got the Nike thing to sell. He's got the facilities to sell. So recruiting is going to be huge for him. This was a good hire by Oregon, even though he doesn't have the head coach experience. You learned under Alabama, in Saban, Alabama. Then you learned under a predecessor of Kirby Smart, who learned under Nick Saban. So you've got your double dip in here. This is a win for Oregon. Oregon's defense is going to get much better. And I think he understands that he is – the curious thing here is going to be what kind of offense he initially wants to run. Is he want to do the Oregon thing where they're in shotgun, you know, the Chip Kelly type stuff, or is he going to bring what they did at, at Georgia over? I think he's going to kind of bring what they did at Georgia over, but I think he also understands that Oregon, there's this, they've been doing things this, a certain way for a while, and I think he understands that. So I think you're going to see a little bit of both. You're going to see a lot of running the ball, but they're going to be in some type of spread offense, but you're going to see this defense just do fantastic. So this was a great hire by Oregon, and so I give them a win. They are not in the loser column. They win this hire. Moving along, we're all wrapping up here again. We're not going to go over every single hire. Let's talk about Florida. So Florida fires Dan Mullen. And this was, you know, I did not foresee Dan Mullen getting fired this year because they did well last year with what they, you know, they had a couple injuries at near the end, but they took Alabama to the wire last year. I had guys sit out of the bowl game and Trask did what he do, did what he could do and, and and did pretty well. This year they only lost to Alabama 31 to 29, I believe. But then it was stuff started coming off the rails. If they didn't lose so many games, he would keep his job. But losing shows a lot of different things. And I think one comment that this did not lead to his firing. They just well, the team showed no energy. There was no improvement. They were losing the teams they shouldn't have. They were losing bad. Then he makes a comment about, don't ask me about recruiting. This is not recruiting season. This is the season. Recruiting happens after. Well, no, the Nick Saban's of the world and Kirby Smart's of the world are recruiting now. I'm not saying they weren't out recruiting, but the way you answer that is kind of weird. You know, why would you say you should just say, oh, yeah, recruiting trails going this, going that, and then playing of the two quarterbacks kind of led to the demise. I think you only need to play one quarterback. Um, and so I didn't expect him to get fired this year. You know, I have a couple episodes on record saying he's on the warm seat. I don't know if he should be on the hot seat. Give him another year, and if it goes that way again, then you get rid of him. Great offensive mind, but then they fire him. So this was a big-time job that was circling around for a lot of guys to get. And they landed on Billy Napier, which I'm not, I'm not sorry going to say it. This is a win. There's some people, I know Coach Banstra, if you listen, you're out there and you said that you weren't sure. Something in your gut's telling you this is not the right job for him. But again, this is a guy who coached under Nick Saban. He's coaching SEC and he's learned. His name, again, is always brought up for the past like two years or so. Is always brought up for a big-time job and he kind of waited. Um, his only head coaching experience is at Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, 
Uh, he's 40 and 12. He went 7 and 7 his first year, 11 and 3, 10 and 1, and 12 and 1. And another respect for this year, he wanted to come back and coach the last games there with, with his team. So much respect. Uh, they won the Lending Tree Bowl and the First Responders Bowl because Raging Cajuns are, you know, not big time Division One. But winning record, culture builder, and that's kind of what Florida needs. So I do think it's a win for Florida. I know some may say this something doesn't seem right about this hire. You know, is it a slam dunk hire? It's not this no offense to Coach Napier. I would love to talk to him on the podcast. It's not this huge splash hire of like, oh, we got this huge and big name. Well, I think he is a big name, but I think it's what Florida needed. You know, it kind of, everything came off the rails. The wheels came off. The train flipped over. They need a culture guy. They need someone that's going to, you know, be able to come in, recruit, able to come in and sub- sustain some type of culture building. You know, he's going to lay the foundation and build sturdy walls. And that's what Florida needed. So you have to look at hires and what the team needed sometimes, depending on the situation. And Florida, this is the situation they needed. So Coach Napier, this is a great hire for them. I think it's a culture builder. Now, they're going to go win a national title. I have no idea because you got these these teams year in and year out and these coaches year in and year out you're going to have to go against. So I think it's a great hire. I think it's a win. Um, So, you know, he's a culture builder. I think good things are going to happen there. We are going to wrap up. With the last two here, because they are together. So LSU tells Ed Ogeron that he's done. You know, he's going to finish out the year he's done. Because they won a national title a year and a half ago, two years ago now. They don't do so hot the next year, but they have a lot of guys sit out due to COVID. Then they have a lot of injuries. They're young. They had a ton of guys gone. Um, they kind of got it together had it a little bit through, but just didn't finish strong. And then this year they have so many injuries. They even show it on TV. They show all these guys playing and stuff like, oh my gosh, look at the injuries they have. That could be a whole nother like starting lineup. So he had so many injuries on the offensive line, so many injuries on the defensive side of the ball, injuries on wide receivers. So they just had injuries left and right. Um, I think it was all the off-field issues. And again, I don't talk about things unless I know 100% about, well, I shouldn't say that, but things like that I don't. But there were things about, you know, I think he got a divorce and then he was bringing his new wife or girlfriend around during practice, something about bringing young kids around. So maybe things were happening off the field that they didn't like. And again, when you're winning, this stuff, you know, doesn't make it to the surface. So they said he was fired. He's going to stay, you know, stay at the end of the year. So at the end of the year, he's let go. LSU's name was thrown, you know, so many names were thrown around for the LSU job. Lincoln Riley, Billy Napier, and Mario Cristobal, and, and names. All of a sudden, we wake up one morning and we see Brian Kelly, head coach of Notre Dame, is hired as the head coach at LSU. Now, Brian Kelly's been a head coach a couple times. So let's go over. He has been a head coach literally since 2004. His overall record is 166 and 62. He was at Central Michigan for three years, four and seven, six and five, nine and four. So they improved. You know, you, you, that's what you want to see. You know, going from four and seven all the way to nine and four, you're improving. It's pretty good. Then he was at Cincinnati for four years. Uh, in term, I believe, for a year, he got hired in, for the bowl game that first year. So one and zero. So technically three years. He went 10 and 3, 11 and 3, 12 and 0. Pretty good. That's really good. Then he became the head coach at Notre Dame and has been there since 2010. 8 and 5, 8 and 5, 12 and 1, 9 and 4, 8 and 5, 10 and 3, 4 and 8, 
10 and 3, 12 and 1, 11 and 2, 10 and 2, 11 and 1. Pretty good. You know, you're 166 and 62. Your win percentage is 70 is 0.72. Um, you've won the International Bowl, Papa John's Bowl, the Sun Bowl, um, Pinstripe Bowl, Music City Bowl, Citrus Bowl, and Camping World Bowl. You've made it to the playoffs. Um, you lost to the National Championship game. You made it to the National Championship game. Um, had a couple sanctions there. You know, they adjusted some of the wins there. But I think Notre Dame just kind of kept them because you're seeing the 10 and 3s, 12 and 1s, 11 and 2s. Just doesn't, I don't know him, but from the outside looking in, just doesn't seem like a nice person. You know, is it a person you want to sit down and have a beer with? I don't know. Like, it just doesn't seem like a nice person. Um, things happened on while he was there at Notre Dame that people don't like outside of football. Some in football, some outside of football. Um, you know, Notre Dame to knock on them, you know, not being in a conference hurts them, you know, with the playoff look. But I think it does say something when LSU hired him. He did like this three-minute goodbye for Notre Dame and no player was like, you know, this wowed or like, Oh my God, like see ya. And then he gets to LSU and they're not like jumping up and down or anything. Then maybe this was blown out of proportion, but when, you know, when he's talking to LSU fans and he comes up with this fake accent, the Southern accent, like me and my family, we really enjoy y'all. Like something like that, you know, just, just what, what, what are you doing? So they hire Brian Kelly and LSU played better after they said they were going to fire Ed O'Dron. And I think Ed O'Dron is LSU through and through. I think LSU won and lost at the same time. They won because they have a coach that's seen winning. They've got a coach that, I mean, they've had good offensive linemen come through Notre Dame. They've had good tight ends come through Notre Dame. They just don't really usually win a lot of the big games. It's kind of the knock on him. Uh, not consistent recruiting, sometimes stagnant on offense. Um, I know he was big time in the offense, and he took a step back. And when he took a step back, they started to win a little more. Um, then again, just some things of not being a nice person, I guess, um, or a good guy. And they lost at the same time because are the players going to really be motivated to play for him? Um you know, he plays. In, he was coaching at Notre Dame, where a lot of their not—I mean, they're not in a conference. A lot of their games weren't necessarily these big-time games that they were going to get the SEC. Has it been proven that he's had these great recruiting classes? Um, and again, this motivational part of it—are they excited to play for him? Recruiting, what type of offense you're going to have? Um, I think it was a shotgun hire because he they started to see like Lincoln Riley was gone. They talked to Mario Cristobal going to Miami. I think they were just panicking about who they were going to get. And all of a sudden, it was, well, we're going to get Brian Kelly. And I think Brian Kelly should have just stay at Notre Dame. I mean, you're, you're winning. You're making money. But, I mean, they're going to pay this guy like $100 million to coach LSU. So, I think they won and lost at the same time. So, on the flip side of this, Notre Dame now needs a new head coach. And we've talked about this. And I've already done a podcast like who won LSU or Notre Dame. And I think Notre Dame won more than LSU because they got Marcus Freeman. Now, I know in his bowl game they were up, and then they kind of lost. Well, give the guy a break. You know, he's a head coach for like a day. and I know it was longer than that. It was like a couple weeks, about two weeks. But he's a head coach for pretty much a day. 
And so they got to figure out how he's going to operate and everything else. But to see the players pumped up for him, to see the school pumped up for him, I think Notre Dame won. LSU won and lost. I think Notre Dame won. Now it's yet to be seen. So I think the positive, I guess, with Brian Kelly is look at the wins. I mean, you can't argue. I can't argue with that. People can hate him all they want. I can be blah about it. I don't really hate him or like him at the same time. We can be blah about it because he's 166 wins and some losses, 60 losses. That's fantastic. You know, he got Notre Dame to a national title. They've been in the playoffs. They win games. I don't think that'd be that way if they were in a conference. But I think Notre Dame won, won more than LSU. I've already done a whole podcast topic about it. But I think LSU won and lost. I would love to see Ed have another year. Because these last two years, I know that he won't make excuses. They won't make excuses. The amount of injuries they had, the amount of this, amount of that. I, I would have just loved to see Ed stay there. So that's why it's a win and a loss for me with LSU. But I think Notre Dame 100% won in this hiring. Um, I think Marcus Freeman is going to get players to do well. He understands when he was at Cincinnati what kind of winning feels like. Being Notre Dame seen it this year, what winning is, recruiting that that video right there is going to be a recruiting thing. Like, look, the players love him. He could use that as recruiting. Like, look, they love me. Put it on the thing. Like, look, 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 look. So I think they absolutely won. Um, so yeah, that that wraps up this episode. I just want to go through certain hires again. We didn't go through every single one, but just some that I want to discuss about who won and who lost. Um, Thank you guys for whoever's listening. Thanks for whoever's watching. Again, please hit the like button, subscribe button, uh, follow it wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Check out Colorcast, all that good stuff. Um, check out for weekly episodes. Um, check out the Geek Corner segment uh, me and Logan did, but check that out. I'm going to do more on that. Um, it's a segment of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. Um, this has been an episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. And until next time. We are out of here. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.